Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's Forens the fiance. And we are back. You've been saying the fiance a lot more these days and I, I love that for us. Yeah, the wedding is fast approaching, so um but I know what I'm gonna now start saying after the wedding. Do everybody what sneak peek or but now? that's a, that's top secret. Oh fine, okay. Not even me, boy, I yeah. don't get clearance. You do know what it is, but you just aren't making the connection. Oh, okay. It's oh, I know what it is. I'm doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, so today, first of all, today we are trying out a new setup. So I just want to, I don't know, apologize in advance, just in case there's, yes, you know, issues that we're not but I think yet. you should, you, you'll pick up on a better all-round listening experience experience exactly yes and that's what matters and that's what matters today we are doing the documentary job fished yes you heard that correctly not catfished job fished which is available on bbc iplayer um, mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out Chinny from It's a Continent podcast because she tweeted about this and I remember looking at the tweets like this sounds fucking ridiculous yeah and that's mm-hmm. what made me want to watch the documentary and I watched it and it is fucking ridiculous <laughs> in um, every shape and form literally it's just it's just like ultimately like I left the documentary thinking why and I still yeah. don't have an, an answer, answer to, to that yeah, the, I still don't have an answer yeah. to that question yeah so, um, heads up, we meet a lot of people during this documentary. And you know me, I try my best to say all the names, but at some point it just becomes a lot, right? Um, and also, it may seem like we're flying through the documentary, but that's how the documentary was. It was just very... It moved... Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, they just kind of got on with it. Yeah, which was... Yeah. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see. So, um, we start off by meeting this guy called Chris. He's 27 From years Cornwall. Hmm? From Cornwall. Chris from well, look at you. Who are you today? I wrote, I wrote that down. It was very important. Chris from Cornwall. Um, so he gets laid off his job. He was working in Manchester. Uh, he's working in sales, and he gets laid off from his job. And this is around pandemic, like peak pandemic times, like lockdowns mm. about to happen, and like loads of people are looking for jobs. So shortly after him, we meet James, who's twenty five. Did you get where James is from? Suffolk. Suffolk. No? I'll take it. I don't, I don't remember. Was I wrong? He has an accent, uh, though. He's, I only he's wrote from Chris from Cornwall because it was Chris from Cornwall. From like, Cornwall, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but James, he looks a bit like, um, you know, Jonathan from Queer Eye? No, I don't watch Queer Eye. He's the one with the long hair. But I don't watch it, so even if you told me everything down to tea, I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone who watches Queer Eye, Jonathan, yeah, he's the one with long hair. And I think he's in a relationship with um, Antoni, who is the Italian one who does the cooking bit. Anyway, You're telling me a lot of stuff I don't I know, know. I'm telling the listeners. I'm telling the listeners. Okay, someone but out we'll there do a comparative knows. picture so you guys can decide Yeah, someone, someone out there looks... knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyway, Jonathan, James, sorry. Whew, James has been applying for jobs for ages. He estimates like over 2,000 jobs which is crazy. Like when you're in job search mode, yeah, you literally are just like banging out applications, yeah. banging out applications. Like applying for two thousand jobs and not getting any is the ghetto. Literally. So um, him. So James and Chris are just saying, you know, it's really hard looking for jobs, applying, getting rejected, and cycle begins again. And then we hear about um, this company called Madbird, and Madbird is a design company and they work with loads of brands like facebook nike samsonite like their website is really polished like it's very like ooh designy vibes yeah it looks really really good on paper so we get yeah. that little that little tidbit there and then we meet Gemma, who like Gemma is giving us all her credentials she went to uni she got first like she's done all these great things and she even said look to her friends like i've seen this job role um you know it looks really good what do you think and everyone is like yeah like it looks amazing like it's really really good blah 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 blah. but why mm, yeah no go on no no i was gonna say why tell your friends but then i realized i did the same thing today this week yeah yeah i think yeah if you see a job that you like you're like oh what do you think about this job i think especially if they're in a similar field that's what i was thinking if they're in a similar field it makes sense but like yeah it's a, most of me my... showing you optometry roles you'd be like okay exactly so like <laughs> literally most of my in fact none of my friends are in my field of work so there's yeah, just no I, point I have, yeah yeah 
it, we ran just do random things that aren't in healthcare. You know, whenever people would explain their jobs, and I was like, if it's not healthcare, I don't really get it. I don't really understand yeah. what it is you do. What does your day look like? Like, do you know I don't I mean? know what Liz does. Liz, I love you to bits, but I have no fucking clue. You're always telling yeah. me about stuff you do and I'm looking at you like, yeah, this sounds great. I don't know what you do, hon. Yeah. I love that you love it because I, I don't understand. Yeah. But I always find it I, hard because for me, like, I see patients, right? So I see a patient, I see the patient, next patient, then the next patient. That's yeah. what my day looks like. Then I have lunch, then the next patient. So when people, like, have, like, jobs in, like, consulting or, like, the firms or just, like, what does your day-to-day look like? Like, what do you mm. do? Do you know what I mean? But obviously they mm. do something because they have a job. Yeah. Um, so everyone in all the talking heads really have the same story. They get invited to an interview at Madbird by someone called Simona. And that's the first stage interview. And then they get another interview with someone called Ali Ayad, who is the director of Madbird. And people like describe him as being handsome and having a Tom Cruise energy. And I was like, I don't know. People that can lie. Really- but I don't People know that Tom Cruise lie. energy is a compliment. Tom Cruise has crackhead energy, so you're telling me I'm a crackhead essentially. But then, what's but the, the, what the difference between Tom Cruise and a crackhead is money. Bro. That's it. And Scientology. So they they literally yeah they they say he has he's handsome has Tom Cruise energy and then follow and so at this point I'm like okay are we is this a good thing or not and then they follow it up by saying you know they say he's really nice and he has great personality and I'm like oh so Tom Cruise energy is that's a positive then. <laughs> Maybe it's, like, the confidence Tom Cruise has and, like, his ability to just jump on all, like, couches. Maybe that's yeah. what they mean. Maybe this guy, and Ali, jump just jumps on couches. Men. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But um, they can lie anyways. I didn't think Ali was good-looking. And I'm yeah. partial to a brown man, but he I didn't... He was just young. I think sometimes yeah. like, when people are young and they have, like, a beard or, like, they're blonde and stuff, people just think, oh, Even his beard like... was off to me. There was something, there was just, I didn't like, mm, yeah. He's giving Simon Levev, first of all, yeah? That is the vibe mm. that I'm getting from him, from Jump, mm. okay? That's the vibe that he gives off. Um, mm. So next we meet Steffi, and Steffi is black. I'm just putting that out there, because she's one of us. Uh, she left her job. <sighs> Steffi had a job already, yeah? And she left it to go to Madbird. And it's like, Crying you shame. know, at this stage of the documentary that whatever this mad bird is, it doesn't end well. Because if it did, it wouldn't be a documentary, yeah? Mm. And you just think, sis, you left your job for mad bird. It's mad. It's mad. But the thing is that it makes sense on paper if you think it you're does. leaving an opportunity for something better and there's yeah. growth and all of that stuff we like to say you to ourselves. To and money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, Ali Ayad is one of these like hustle culture people. You know, Molly May vibes, you know, we all have the same 24 hours. He wears turtlenecks all the time. You know what kind of people we're talking about. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's his whole vibe. Um, and Stephen tells us that, you know, um, Stephen, you know, <laughs> autocorrect. Steffi. Mm-hmm. Steffi tells us that she liked Ali because he supported Black Lives Matter. And I was just like... Girl, bye. Literally, I was like, sis, bye. Like, is that all it takes? literally just some 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 writing on a website just a poster and that's it now you're sold and then you're sold nah that's not good enough so um on uh ali's insta he has bare followers and he came across as like an influencer he has posts with gq loads of major brands and like it's like whoa like this guy's really that guy and he has his own like design agency which is madbird he looks like that guy do you know what i mean and remember Mm. all this because we're going to come back to this um ali was a co-founder of madbird and there were other founders one was called dave stanfield and one was called tommy ray jr tommy ray jr to me looks like a hillsong pastor don't you think yeah he does and the name sounds like a boxer i can imagine him being on in the left corner we have tommy ray jr tommy ray jr wait coming in at body body <laughs> blah and what else they say defending his heavyweight crown <laughs> yeah yeah it's true it's true um, it also gives me like Australia. I could be like Tommy Ray, Tommy Ray, Tommy Ray. Right, um, yeah. See, I can't do the accent unless it's my phrase. Um, so all the people that we've met so far, they get the job, which is probably why they are on this documentary. They have mm. a six-month probation period, and during this time, <laughs> you're already rolling your eyes. <laughs> during this time, yeah, they don't have a salary; they only earn commission. So, guys, okay, I think I've mentioned before I work in recruitment. Okay. Any job that's asking you to have a six-month probation period, first of all, that's a very big red flag. Okay, that's number one. Um, number two, 
any job that is only paying you on commission for those six months is like i can't is whatever is after it's a red alarm Fam. so it's not a it's the flag an alar- is so red yeah it's wild and you have negotiating power i know a lot of these people were in covid time and to be honest watching this documentary this could have happened to any of us mm-hmm. like it really could exactly. have happened to any of us yeah. but you that's why it's so we scary we do need to get yeah it's very scary but we do need to get clued up in terms of like the questions we ask especially and i know this happens a lot when you're like desperate to start a job because you forget you you feel like you're at their mercy but mm-hmm. understand that getting into the wrong job is worse than like actually taking your time and finding the right job ask certain questions ask about like their hr function ask about collaboration because this stuff like if they had asked them these questions they would have clocked that something here was off something is off um but yeah i say it's even at really really senior roles like we don't have six month probation periods like some companies do have six month probation periods and when you enter you'll see why they have six month probation periods but mm. like a decent probation period is three months like I've already got all the qualifications. You hired me. After three months, you can tell, like, the kind of work I'm doing. For six months to be under probation, it's very, very mad. And, to and the reason they do that is not earning a salary. Six months. But with, pro- but with the probation period as well, the reason they do that as well is because when you're in probation, usually they, you have a shorter notice period for when they can fire you. So with um, oh, a I six thought it was like a shorter notice period for when you can leave as well. Yes, it, it works both. both ways. But... If they fire you, you only get one week's pay. Whereas if you're in your, um, if you have if a three months, yeah. sorry, if you have a, uh, if, if you're, you're past probation, mm-hmm. then depending on how senior you are, it's one month, two, three, sometimes it's like a year, garden leave, all of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, guys, avoid those six month probation periods because yeah, there's something dodgy there. I'm not saying the company is dodgy, but it might be that the culture isn't really great. A lot of people can't hack it. So they yeah. want to get rid of people quickly. They're just different things, but I've never, yeah. Yeah, I think the re- going back to Steffi, yeah. The reason that I think Steffi leaving was so mad is because you had a job that paid you. Yeah. Presumably, right? And then they say to you, because there's they no way a that good you- job. Yeah, there's no way you sign the contract and they're like, okay, well, you don't get paid. You only have a um, commission. You knew that before. So, like, I don't know what kind of faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, yeah, that really moved this mountain for her because she thought, you know what? Yeah, cool. This is a shout. This is a shout. This is going to take me there. I just firm my six months. Like, and for me, I there's no way, yeah, that job can tell me I'm only earning commission for six months and I can survive. No, not in this London. Impossible. No impossible i don't care how much i love the job not I even need... in pre-covid london like mate i need to get paid i need to get paid you left where you were getting paid and you went to somewhere where they say you only make commission and it's so mad because it's like when you when we get more into the documentary like how are they even going to earn a commission it's that would have been impossible based on the the goings on of the company like so it's just it, it was all a lie <laughs> it, was... it was all a lie yeah crazy so after the six month probation period they get a salary of 35k annually right so everyone started in the middle of the pandemic uh, so they work remotely and a lot of them they didn't really mind the probation commission thing and yeah for, for me that would have been that i would have even just said thank you for your time uh, this role is not for me goodbye happy new year happy happy new that year been, <laughs> that would have been my response literally <laughs> So next we meet Jordan. Oh, Jordan is from Suffolk, not James. It's Jordan oh, okay. from Suffolk. He's 26 from Suffolk. Um, he also gave up a paid position to go commission only for six months. I think that, I know, right? Forensic face is like, uh, okay. I think that the whole hustle culture that Ali Ayad was promoting also went hand in hand with allowing him to exploit his employees and make them feel like all you have to do is work harder. Like you can get a commission, you can make a lot on commission if you just work harder. If you're not making on commission, it's because you're not working hard enough as opposed to you should actually have a base salary anyway and also get your commission on top. And we see lots of footage of like actual sales meetings. And I say to you people that work on Teams and Slack and all that stuff, yeah, do they record your meetings like are they just recorded because there were just so many meetings recorded um so sometimes they do record meetings yeah sometimes but do you know that um, they're recording them uh, uh 
usually they say like oh this will be recorded or like somebody will ask if it can be recorded because like there's stuff they want to look back on which mm-hmm. i'm like calm your tits mate um <laughs> but i don't know if it's just generally recorded but because i'm sure these... there must be a way you can go back to teams and retrieve like especially in a case like this where it's like because it, it did seem like it was like say for example for instance the client and i'm working at madbird it seemed like either the client was recording the meetings or like i was recording the meetings it wasn't like yeah. a massive group of us for the most part where you know it literally was like one-on-one meetings yeah yeah i don't know it seems like maybe they asked teams or whatever for the footage because i'm sure they have somewhere where they archive the the data yeah so these guys are really working hard. In the course of his six-month probation period, Jordan contacts over 10,000 people all over the world. The aim is to try and get, like, clients, right? Because they're a design... Mm. A, a, because they're a design company. They're trying to get co- clients like Comic Relief, Emar, like, loads of, like, big, big people. Uh, and then one day, they have this, like, huge Zoom call for all the employees, right? And one of the talking heads is like, oh, you know, you kind of recognise some people from LinkedIn um, and recognise, like, the Tommy Ray junior guy the hillsong pastor yeah. looking boxer guy yeah so him. was it that he was on the call i was very confused about that bit what tommy ray yeah yeah he was but they it, it makes sense later on because at first i was oh, like okay, huh? yeah, but... what but yeah no it yeah. makes sense later on so everyone has good things to say about tommy like everyone likes tommy um but chris starts to clock the bare people in the meeting don't have cameras on and they don't say anything right and i was kind of like um i mean based off the twitter sphere like loads of people don't want their cameras on during meetings so like maybe it's just yeah. one of those things yeah but like they don't speak at all and then there's a point where tommy who is the um lead the fat one of the co-founders is like okay everyone you know will go around just introduce yourself say something about yourself that kind of thing just to introduce each other because no one's really met because this is the pandemic company job situation but ali ayad stops it and he's like yeah no this is a waste of everyone's time like let's just keep going with the meeting which to be honest if i was in that meeting i would have said team ali because why are we going around introducing ourselves it's fine you see my name you, you know what i mean you, you like mm, there's no need to yeah so more weird things start to happen because soon after this meeting everyone gets an email from someone called jane smith right and no one knows who jane smith is i feel like jane smith is the most you might as well have said jane doe like it's the most yeah. generalized name ever yeah in the world yeah so the email reads for the attention of Madbird employees, some shocking evidence has come to light regarding Madbird. We have strong reason to suspect that the founders of Madbird have knowingly participated in the following activities. 1. Stealing the work of others and presenting this work as their own to both Madbird staff and potential clients. 2. Fabricating team members including co-founder Dave Stanfield and many more. Three, fabricating a client and work portfolio. Four, fabricating past work experience. Five, fabricating an office location. The email had the evidence, the PDF evidence of like how Madbird is fake, how we never worked with Samsung or Facebook or anyone, it was just copied. Basically, everything is fake. Um, they even stole work from someone that had died a few months before. Like, the whole company is fake. It's not a real company. Like, they they, they just stole work from other, other designers that hadn't even worked from them. And so we hear the employees' reactions. They're like, oh, my God, what? Like, they're just confused. And then there's outrage. And then you get Steffi, our good sis. And she has the reaction that I would have had. So when I saw that, I was just thinking, am I a dickhead? Because... I've literally been here for like two months working my ass off for like how many hours, not getting paid, telling people to do this, recruiting people to a fake company. And she's just like, am I a dickhead? Like, like, like am I a dickhead? Like, you left your am job, I? you've come to this place, they've really taken you for a dickhead, yeah? And it's just like, rah, like, so none of this... So all this work that I've it's been working, real. and they're working hella hard because one, hustle culture, and two, they need to earn commission. And nothing nothing yeah. was real. They've been working for nothing free. Nothing manifested, yeah. Literally, and then it's also like, they've been trying to get, oh, it's like me finding this job that I think is so great, and being like, oh, forens, like, this job is amazing, like, come. Even though it's like, how can you recruit someone, and the first thing you say is, you know, six month probation, no pay, commission only. I would say, you don't fuck with me, because why would you bring me into that environment? Why would you suggest that? Why would you do that? You don't know how bills to pay. 
I have a life to maintain. I don't know. Drake told us that we should stop fucking for free. And I think people really sh- should have taken that on board. Because since he said that, I have looked at life differently. Very different. You don't fuck for free. And fucking doesn't mean necessarily having sex. Yeah. But it just means in your general time, in life. Your time costs money. Okay, your time That's is what he's money. saying. Time is money. Mm-hmm. 100%. So James compares it to being catfished. Hence the title. Jobfished. Um, yeah. Chris... Chris tells us how he never got paid anything. So they never well, took yeah, money from him. Of course. But he didn't get paid anything. So for me, I was like, what is going on? Because what was the point of this whole scam? Was it just a waste of time? That is what I'm saying. Like, like to what end? London boy, like. Literally, to what end? So Jordan was saying, Jordan actually makes a very good point. And he's like, if I had worked minimum wage in those six months, I would have made, made eight grand in that time. And he probably wouldn't have been taxed anyway. Because he wouldn't have been making the 12 grand enough to... Yeah. Well, actually, maybe he would have, because if he worked there for a year, then it would have been 16 grand. But either way, he would have made more working a minimum wage job than all this hard work that he was putting in for absolutely nothing. Just a waste of your time. Like, do you even put that on your CV? And then they'll say, why was there a six-month gap in in, in your work history? But do you know what's so strange to me is that, like, I don't know what motivates other people at work, but for me, it's solely money. I'm like, I'm doing all this because at the end, I want to get paid and I want to get my bonus and I want to get body blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so like, i would really love to know from these people what motivates you if it's not money like money. what if the love of the job paid, then and i guess they're all in sales and you know people in sales like you know from the office they love to sell like it's like a it's like a ego boost and it's like a yeah i'm really good at my job because people you're getting who are good at sales like, you're fighting for your life you're getting money these people you went you months on end without seeing one penny and part of you me feels like to work. part of me feels like for you to be able to survive and not be paid for six months yeah like life is not too bad for you you yeah. have people you can lean on you you're okay yeah to some extent like obviously yeah. you're not doing great because like run me my check kind of thing but like it's n- there's no way that if you there's no way that i could work for six months and not get paid there's no way i mm. wouldn't survive there is no way mm. impossible yeah mm. so like for you to even consider this as an option like yeah cool i might make a bit of commission or whatever like things are good yeah things are not terrible i'll put it that way but yeah. um yeah chris though he's like you know i had a mortgage to pay which again everything confuses me here because i'm like bro you have a mortgage to pay and student loans but we don't really care about student loans and in effect he lost 10k because he could have been paying his mortgage with money that he was making, but then he wasn't making money, but still having to pay the mortgage. So now you're in a deficit because the And then for what? Why? At the end of the day, what do you have to show for it? Nothing. This documentary. It's so, so sad. And like, honestly, like you said before, this could have been any of us. Well, not any of us. It couldn't be me. But it could... (laughs) It could actually have been anyone. It couldn't have been me, but it could be anyone. Yeah, It could be anyone, yeah. It could have been... It could have been any of us it could have been any of us like and that's mm. what's so scary about it because you see like literally when you see the documentary the website and everything like it looks like a solid thing Legit, it looks so cool yeah. like you know like the office would be one of those ones where they have lunch and they have pool tables and like just one of those sort of like startup kind of vibes so yeah i i get it and everyone is as confused as we are because they are just like you know why not just have a proper company like Gemma's yeah. like what's the point like, what is the point? And Gemma, to be honest, out of everyone, seems the most out of place here to me. Like, it's just like, yeah. how did they get you? Do you know what I mean? But that will, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to Gemma. So the point of this documentary, because all of what I've said so far happens in like the first maybe 10 minutes of this documentary. The point of the documentary really is to find out why this happened. Because why did this, why? Yeah, what was the reason? What was the reason? <laughs> So Katrin is our investigative journalist and she tells us that over 50 people worked for Madbird. Many of them were fake uh, and a lot of the photos were from Getty Images. Like, this takes so much time. Like, who had the time to do all this? And then again, why? What for? Yeah, to what avail? To what avail? So the co-founder, David Stanfield, isn't who they said he was. We actually meet the real guy on Zoom. His real name is Mikkel. He's so cute. She minded his yeah, business and someone's so, used so his cute. he's so cute, yeah. Minding his business, someone's using his picture for nonsense, yeah. Um and this whole thing is so brave because how do you know, like it's like someone using your picture, yeah, and me going for a job you and be like, know. Hold on a second. That's not that's not Sally Jones. 
that is Florence. So why yeah. is her picture just like they have so many um actual people. So one of the one of the images or the people, quote unquote, the employees is actually a Spanish actor. One is an Italian influencer. One is just some random health and safety advisor. It's just like, this is so brazen. Like, how do you know that no one's going to know these people? Who these people are. Yeah. yeah. It's like me going to a job interview and they say, oh, Molly May is like the the head director of HR. And I'm like, mm, guys, no, yeah. she isn't. Mate, literally. Anyway, she really uses all the hours in her 24 hours. So who knows Mate, what it is that she's know. doing? Who true. knows it's what true. it is that she's doing? I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past her. So now there are really only three people that they know are real, right, in this whole thing. And they're trying to basically speak to them for the documentary. These people are Ali Ayad, who is the creative director and co-founder. We know he's real because he interviewed everyone for their second stage interview. Tommy Ray Jr., boxer and uh, Hillsong pastor. He is also co-founder and creative director. (laughs) And we know he's real because people have spoken to him and, you know, say he has a Scottish accent. And then there is Simona Shaka Geneva, who did the first stage interview. So we know that she is real, right? So mm-hmm. Catherine gets to speak to Simona on the phone, but we don't actually hear Simona. We hear an actor who says her words, which might as well be Simona, you know? But it's so stupid because it's like, oh, you draw the line of people hearing your voice, but we have your like whole name. like So I'll just Me. go find you <laughs> if I want to. Like, it's crazy that that's where she drew the line. Like, yeah, you can have my full government yeah but they but can't just don't hear my voice but maybe they maybe she can't control whether they put her name out or not do you get what i mean yeah but it's just ridiculous like if i've got your name and you know i've got your name and i'm putting it in this you might as well just put your voice as you well. might as well just chat like what are you doing mate yeah, the same it's with true. tommy he does the same thing like oh we have an accent it's like yeah bro like if i just go to like scotland or whatever i'm gonna find you and then i'll know your real voice and ooh, your secret's out <laughs> Like, what is this all about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, yeah, strange. It's um, crazy. So... <laughs> Simona says that she reported to Dave. So Dave Stanfield, who we know is not Dave Stanfield. He's not real. That's Mikel, yeah? And she reported to Tommy and some random guy called Mr. Norman, who we haven't heard of before or since, yeah? She also said that Dave is responsible for the website. And we know that she's lying because Dave is not Dave, yeah? Dave is Mikel and we've met Mikel and Mikel has confirmed he's Mikel and not Dave. So what are you talking about, sis? Yeah. Like, what are you actually chatting about? What are you saying? Like, why did you come here to lie? What was the point? Why did you not just ignore the phone calls? Catherine doesn't tell Simona that Dave isn't real. Yeah, she just kind of lets her live her lie kind of thing, right? Then we get the next call, and that is with Tommy. Again, couldn't use his voice, but we hear a Scottish actor who (laughs) gives us the voice, right? He met Ali in a pub, right? Ali Ayad. And he tells him that he is a Mormon. So Ali is a Mormon from Utah, according to Ali. That's what he tells Tommy, yeah? Oh, my God. And so Ali wants Tommy to be the founder, and he never accepts the role. He doesn't say he wants to do it. But he basically mm. just joins that Zoom meeting, that massive Zoom meeting they had. Ali Ayad invites him to that just to kind of say, look, this is what we're about kind of thing. But Ali presents it as, oh, here's a meeting with the co-founders. Whereas Tommy is just coming to the meeting to be like, oh, let me just see what's going on. So Tommy is not really the co-founder. He's kind of like just... I'm not fucking buying anything he's saying. And this isn't just because I bet he has a voice like high-pitched and he didn't want us to hear it. I'm not fucking <laughs> buying it because... You say you came to this meeting just to see what they're about. Why were you then trying to run it and tell people that they should say full facts about themselves? It's like me being asked to come to a job and I'm like, I'm not sure. And they're like, oh, jump on our team meeting just to just to get a flavour. And yeah. I jump on it and I'm really like, oh, guys, like, why do we... Like, who are you? No, but okay, true, agree. But then also it's kind of like... And doesn't he put this shit on his CV as well? Listen, listen, that, that's the part where I was like, what is going on? But then, also, if you are suspicious and you think, mm, I don't know if this is a real company and stuff, like, are these people real, everyone's cameras off kind of thing, then you being like, okay, let's hear from everyone. It's like, let's be sure that these people are real people. But then it's like, even if even in doing so, that must have been with a view to taking up the position anyway. So I think at the very least, there was some interest in... But, even if he but didn't there were official- people that had, did have their cameras on. It, was, it wasn't all of them, like some... Yeah, some people <clears> did, <throat> yeah. But in a, yeah. If, if you're... If you're... Suspe- if you're um, skeptical Trying to get of... To, yeah. yeah, of this... Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I think that he's definitely downplaying his gullibility, if yeah. that's a word, in, in this. Because but it's just he the putting like it the on head. the CV. 
we've all like we've all lied on our cv and i'm not talking about present day i'm talking about like shop jobs like in uni like fucking i put woolworth's blue ink oh like, everyone went to woolworth's like, once it closed down it said yep that's me i put blue ink because it closed down and then mm. when it reopened i removed it from my cv but then i had enough experience <laughs> to not need blue ink so yeah, it's just what is literally it's just wild to me that like you would lie on your actual professional cv that you used to get yeah. jobs and even at your this big age was like yeah and th- these this paper's like it's a bit wild because he actually has like decent experience so why did he need to lie it it's was weird. crazy i feel like it's one of those things where like if it had worked out then he would have felt fine doing it. But because it didn't work out, it just seems like, oh yeah, I didn't really want to do that. Or I just, you did it. And but if you rejected this... the job offer. Or did According he to him. There? Oh, so maybe he did work there. According to him. Because other people maybe... said they spoke to him. So but maybe I didn't even he did know that if that he Exactly. And I don't even know if he needed to like do anything. Like when you say work there, like it's just to have CEO on your thing or co-founder yeah. on your thing. Like what did yeah. he really do? Yeah. What does anyone really do? The only people that worked were the people on six month probation making uh, commission only. True that. And it's crazy because for all he hit his voice, his like, all his social media profiles are just his name. So it's like, you really are like in the glass closet, basically, because <laughs> you've hidden your voice, but it's like, we can identify you in like 50,000 other 3.2 ways. 3.2 seconds. <laughs> Literally, I will find you. Like, what is all of this? I need to know what he sounds like now because there must be something that he's yeah, hiding on his voice weird. i don't know what i don't know what, what the what that is or yeah or maybe they just didn't want to use the voice so that they couldn't maybe bbc just didn't want to use the voice so that those people couldn't come for that i don't know i don't know because what's the difference between like i'm literally the actor is literally voicing out your words it might you yeah. might as well have just said it with your chest yeah i don't get it <clears throat> So they're trying to contact Ali, but uh, the first time he says, you know, he's unwell and they're just kind of like, okay, you know, well, I hope you get better and everything, um, but we'll just wait until you're better. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, he claims to have been in GQ magazine. Um, of course, he has not been in GQ magazine. Like, who are you that you're in GQ magazine, yeah? They get real magazines of the issues that he said he was in and he's he's not in them, obviously. He's not in them. He photoshopped himself into the but pictures. But it's fucking wild to lie. That It's like me saying oh, I was in Vogue and I put like the issue on my page. Like people from Vogue, it's like when um Ari, <laughs> Ari, um, Reggie Herb's baby mom said oh, that she was in, was mate. it Vogue or something? When it was and advert. It was, like, it was like, fam, you fucking weren't like, it was just it was, like, I think it was like ad space. I think they had bought like ad space and then just like put pictures of her. I don't even think it, yeah, like it was something, it was something like ridiculous. That, it was like a little, you know that bit where they have different fashions and like yeah, a yeah, designer. Yeah, yeah. Like she was like literally like this big, like guys you can't see, but it was like, it was maybe the size of two like stamps. And then she made it seem like she was really, really like, yeah, in, and I was like, mm, bro, this like fam. So yeah, like it was, putting yeah. that you were in GQ is a bit wild. Cause like, if you're that well connected, anybody from GQ could have easily just been like, bro, you weren't like, what the fuck are you chatting about? And it's about? the fact that like, you're so insignificant in the grand scheme of things, yeah, that, like, the only reason that it came to light that you were lying is because of this documentary. Like, you're not even on GQ's radar for them to call it out and say, no, he wasn't yeah. on it. Like, it's really just you and your... It's like me uh, photoshopping myself into Harper's Bazaar and being like, oh, hey, girl, put it in the group chat. Like, look, look at me. Like, literally, it's in his own little world. Nobody's going to be like, yeah, yeah. And the photoshop was so bad. I was like, come on, brother. Literally. Um, so he claims to have worked for Sidley, which is a Canadian company. Um, and they had someone who worked there. He was like, yeah, like he's lying. That guy's never worked here. And then he said that, it, it, and the thing is, even if you think, you know, well, it's a massive company, how are they going to know everyone who worked there? Ali Ayad said that he worked in the Dubai office and she was like, you know, it's really funny because we never had an office in Dubai. Like, how can you lie about something that's so easily disprovable? Yeah. Like, th- I don't understand it. Like, what? Like, why? To what ends? To what avail? He does the same with another Canadian company called Seiko. Again, lies, lies, lies. Liza Minnelli lies. Like, it's like, what's the point? What? Like, what was the? Literally, this whole documentary, yeah, could be summarized with what was the reason? This reminds me of Maggie Liza from Arrested Development. Which one? Maggie Liza, the one that like. Michael slept with the lawyer who lied oh. so much. She lied that she was blind. She lied that she was pregnant. She just lied. <laughs> About everything. And then she said, yeah, and she was like, oh, Maggie lies her ass off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, watch Arrested Development. I really like Arrested Development. I go back to that. It's one of my cycles of shows that I go back to. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I should really catch up with all my shows and then I'll just go back to The Office or the um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or um, Arrested Development. I just go around. Mine is Arrested Development, The Office and um, Friday Night Dinner. Those are my three. Oh, okay. I know you like a Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Um, So there's No, but Bob's Burgers is off everywhere, but... It's on no, Disney. it's on. Um, I think it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah, so um, I don't. My sister has Disney Plus, but I haven't logged into it on my laptop. Oh, so. uh, okay, okay. But okay. I will be going to the Bob's Burgers movie, and I might go dressed as Tina. So let's see. There's a movie coming out. Yeah. When? I don't know. Okay, I'll catch up before then. So there's this montage of like hella companies saying there's like no record of them working with Madbird. Like, he didn't even go to the uni that he went to. And not only did he not go to the uni that he said that he went to, Aww. the degrees that he claimed to have didn't exist. Like, literally, the limit does not exist. Like, how can you lie within a lie within a lie? What kind of... Is it a sickness or... A web of lies. It li- this is literally a web of lies. Um. So we also see that Ali copied this design document. And I don't... Anyone out there who does design, maybe you understand what this all is, but there's basically this document... And he copies it word when I say plagiarism to the nth degree, yeah, word for word from this company called Hatched. And they have this scene where they're at Hatched, and Hatched is literally what you'd expect Madbird to be. It's very like you know, cool white guys and like a pool. T- I don't know if there was a pool table, but it definitely gave me that vibe. It was just that kind of like cool, relaxed, like you know, take it easy, startup kind of vibe. Um, and they're comparing the two documents side by side, and you can just see they literally mm. he copied everything from them, and they're really annoyed by it because it's like, mate, like we literally are a small company we've put our work our hard work into this and we've been original and done it and you've just come along and like not only have you copied Mm. it but you've used it to try and get clients yeah and imagine they're both bidding for the same client and then they happen to see mad birds first and then they see hatch they're now going to think oh hatched copied i don't know it's just very very like intellectual property i think it's just so important because like you can't even protect it like that you can't just put a gate around it and a padlock do you know what i mean like it literally just once it's out there it's out there and people are going to do what they want to do with it yeah um so we learn about more employees who were duped it's really actually kind of sad one guy turned down two other jobs another one left the job like it's really sad like it's proper sad because you think about it like all the people the main talking heads are young like they're like yeah. in their 20s and stuff you think okay cool parents can probably help like you've got time to recover but we're talking people with like families and like you yeah. know moving countries and stuff very sad um Catherine goes to dubai i For think no she just reason, wanted by the way I think she, she just I wanted to saying, go she just wanted to go to dubai she's in the car looking at oh my god yeah. wow, wow wow i think she, she just, just wanted, wanted to, to go to dubai, dubai. Because the whole reason that they say that she's going to Dubai is because there's 16 people working from Dubai. Bro, you could have done a Zoom chat if you Zoom like. Call. You wanted to go to Dubai. I don't blame you, sis. Me too. I want to go to Dubai. Um, and so shall we. And at so the end shall of the year. we. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting um, married to Dubai. I'm, I'm very excited now. Yeah, I good. I'm glad. Now. It's just going to like, the, the stress is going to melt into excitement. Yeah. And yeah, then turn up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah excited um so yeah captain's in dubai um ali promises this guy living in dubai a job and also citizenship in the uk with the job and the thing is is that like in dubai like they're really strict with their laws and stuff and so the guy's telling us that you know he could have been jailed for not providing services if they had paid him so the clients hadn't yet paid him for the services he was able to find out that this whole mad bird thing was a joke beforehand but had they paid him and he failed to deliver the services they had paid him for he would have been in jail and it wouldn't have been his fault because he didn't know that mad bird was a bunch of shit yeah so sad um so we meet another person in Dubai who's responsible for bringing designers on board. Um, and she thinks that, you know, Ali... So, you know, we're all kind of saying, what was the point? She thinks that Ali's kind of thing was maybe fake it till you make it. Like, you know... I that, think so. Yeah, that, like, eventually they'll get a client and it'll just snowball from there. Like, it was kind of working because they were, like, one week away from a legitimate deal with a client. There was going to yeah. be an actual deal with a real client. And then that Jane Smith email blew everything up. So she thinks that they were hoping over time to replace all this copied work with like legit work over time. And it would just, they just need that one client and then everything else would fall, would fall from there. Mm. Um, which I mean, I yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I also think it's just a lot of ego, like just 
being able to say I'm a CEO, I'm a co-founder, I have a company, like I do this, I do yeah. that. Like, I think a lot of it was that too. So Ali agrees to do an interview, right? We're like, well, hey, Ali Ayad interview. And then the day before he pulls out and he ghosts, right? But Catherine is like, hmm, no, you don't. So she goes to the, his house anyway, which is very like, I know, vibes. I know where his house is. Yeah, is it acting? Oh, what made you think that? It's an acting because when they're walking to the station, that station is acting station. I thought it was Hammersmith. No, that station is acting. Do you know why? Because I, when I watched this the first time, I watched it with my sister and we Googled one of the shops that they showed. On I the Googled one of, oh, I, I tried to, but I couldn't see the names. No, we found it. It was some, we found it, it's acting. Ah, and it's Piccadilly okay. line as well. So yeah, no, it was acting. Because I saw that the station said Piccadilly and... Um... District. District. Yeah, it's, it's one. There's a couple of stations in acting. I think it's like acting. I think it's definitely acting though. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Yeah, I think it's acting. Unless you walked from Hammersmith to acting. But I don't know about all that though. Um, but yeah, no. Because we Googled one of the thingies. And then we Googled another shop next to it. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, it's acting. Mm, okay. Yeah. See, this is why like hiding your voice makes no sense. We'll find you. In the yeah. twinkle of an eye, we know where Ali Ayad lives. Like, yeah. um... <laughs> So, Catherine is like sitting in the car watching him through the window. And it's like, if this was not what it was, this is very weird behavior. Like, take away the context, yeah? yeah? Someone has agreed to meet you and decided against it. And so you sit in a car outside their house and... and Even with the context, it's weird. They should just let the man be. Like, we had more than enough. There's nothing he... Yeah. Right. It's weird, but this is the best part of the documentary, in my personal opinion. Um, So, he's walking down the street. And they follow him with cameras and mics. And you can just see, like, normal civilians, like, clocking the situation and just like, whoa, like, what's what going, going on? on? Which way do I walk? Yeah. So he's ignoring her for time. I didn't think he would actually ever This respond. girl is journal- journalizing or ju- journal whatever. She's journalisting. You can tell that this is the first big gig and she's like, bro, I'm going to... Like, because she ambushed him. She did. It wasn't she was like, moving, oh, like, early she... 2000s journalism. That's what it was. Literally. That's what it was. Like, she, uh, it was early 2000s TMZ, Britney, yeah. like, shaved her head journalism. Mm-hmm. Like, she mm-hmm. ambushed this guy walking down the street, shouting at him. Yep, and like, had no questions. Gonna... She wasn't really no saying questions. anything. She wasn't saying anything at all. Like, you had this opportunity to ask some decent questions, get something from him. She ambushed him, yep. shouting, in, shouting his face. in his face. Yeah. Honestly, it's actually, it's very unbecoming. I was just like, if I were him, I would have just kept walking to the station, tap my oyster, and been yeah. gone. Because what was that to even say? Like, he, I didn't think he would actually respond, but he he does respond. He's like, oh, what's a company? What's a company? Like, that's your story. She's kind of just like, you know, are you not going to say sorry? Are you not going to apologize? And I was like, is this what you want? You're ambushing him to apologize for what? So he says sorry now, then what happens? Mm. Do you know how badly you affected people with what you did? All I know is that we create opportunity for people. You didn't create any this. opportunities we for anyone. We to, to work in the midst of COVID. And then Ali, we, we Ali, in, in, in a people. very short period of time, we created a lot of opportunities for people, for people to work. That's what I know. Are you serious? It was a fake serious. company, Ali. It's not a You're, fake company. Well, a who's company. A, what's, what is a company? What is a company? You say a fake company. What is a fake company? Ali, what your co-founder, your co-founder, Dave Stanfield. What is a company? Doesn't Can exist. Can you please tell me what is a Who's company? Who's Dave Stanfield? Ali, yes, it's a, a company, company made of? on company's health. What is a company? All the First, work on your website was fake. You know, it's not nice. I mean, this is you know, I know this road, isn't you know? nice. This is not what I wanted to do. Well, fine, I want I to want sit down you with you and talk, down. but not like this. Will you say sorry? For what? For the fact that you lied. You saw people's identities. Come on. I did? I did? Yes. I did. How do you know this? Because we've been investigating Madbird for months. Okay, and how do you know I did? Well, who do you You have to Are you saying it's someone else's fault? You just is your story. This is your story. That's what you do in the news. That's what you do. You, Ali, just, you just point out something and then you just, you know, point the finger at people. Ali, will you say sorry to the people who you hurt? Sorry. Whose lives and time you wasted. If you I heard it somebody, if I heard it somebody, of course I'm sorry, but I'm telling you, there's another version of the Will story. You tell me one reason that you did this to people. Tell me one reason. People deserve to know why. She follows him all the way to the station. And it's like, you can tell there's her and there's at least two cameras because we get at least two different angles of him, yeah? So there's three, let's say three people and this one guy walking on the street, yeah? Like... What a scene. What a scene. Anyway, he gets to the station. He taps his oyster and he's gone. He goes. He doesn't have an interview with he them. He doesn't say anything at all. 
because it was so unnecessary. It was very like, what is going on? Like, I can just imagine walking down the street and being like, what yeah. is, yeah, crazy. So because there's no closure, because that interview was not an interview. So the thing is, is that I reckon if they had just, I was going to say bided their time, bid their time. If they had just waited, yeah, for him to come to, I think he would have had an interview because he's so, he seems seems like he's a narcissistic. A narcissist, yes. He seems very narcissistic and and egotistical and that he just wants his voice to be heard. I reckon if they had just waited, but they probably had a deadline for when this had to get out and stuff. So yeah, she ambushed him. Yeah, she she literally ambushed him. We get a lot of on-screen text at the end. Um, if there was anyone else involved in running Madbird, Ali Ayad has not told us who they are. It probably was just him. Um, we get back in touch with Simona and told her that we knew David Stanford wasn't real. We offered her the chance to speak to us again, but she didn't respond. Why would she? Um, the Jane Smith yeah. email was actually sent to Madbird staff by Gemma, Brett, and Antonia Stewart. So, um, and t- so Gemma was, you know, the one that I was like. She seemed a bit out of place. Like, how did she yeah, get yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of thing? She was like, mm, something is wrong. Because she looked up their offices and it was just a block of flats. And she just kept going. She was like, no, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And she figured it out. So um, Madbird's ambitions were so big that more people interviewed for a job there and got turned down. So imagine, that's the biggest blessing. Sometimes in life, rejections are really blessings. Yeah, of course. That's how you would have been working for six months without salary. Hmm. Chris and Jordan took Madbird to the employment tribunal. It found in their favour and ordered the company to pay them £7,000 each in unpaid minimum wage pay for their hours there, which is amazing. I think that's even good that that is an option, yeah? yeah. So Ali Ayad appealed and lost and appealed again. Uh, they still have not seen a penny. Unsurprising. Unsurprising. Like, I doubt they're getting that money. But it's yeah. good to know that at least it's almost like you're being vindicated a little bit. Like, yeah, like, I'm right. Mm. But yeah, that is the documentary. Um, that is it. It was so ridiculous. It was just so ridiculous. Redonkulous. Literally. Yeah, it was. But it's also crazy because, like I said, it could happen to anyone. So Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, so now it's time for... The real crime, I think, was the beard. Our segment where we focus on something during the documentary that may not be criminal, but we definitely consider to be a crime. Have you got one? I think for me, the real crime was the outfit Ali was wearing as in the final scene. No, when he was um, walking. That, that jacket, the skinny jeans, the plimsolls, I think they were. It seems very on brand for him, though, you know. <sighs> Maybe that's yeah. the crime also. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The crime. And it's also the crime that people thought he was all this, like, such a good looking, this guy. Like, such he a hunk. Fam, he's a young guy with a beard. Like, it, that a is beard does not a buffing make. Exactly. That's the beginning and the end of it. Yeah, and mine was the Photoshop, I think. The Photoshop was shit, and also the audacity to pretend you were in GQ. Like, yeah. why? Like, for of why? All pub- of all publications. Oh, literally. <laughs> of all, like, you didn't even say, like, uh, hello, or, like, Daily Mail. <laughs> okay. Like, you, okay. <laughs> okay, like, magazine. Do you know what? He, what he should people. have done is he should have had a magazine. That should have been, Mad Bird should have just been a magazine. Then he can put himself in his magazine if he likes. Every every page can just be him. Every, every page can just be will, him. Nobody will like, you know, yeah. That's what he should have done. But um, yes, what are we doing next? Before we discuss what we're doing next, actually, we are going to be taking a little break because life be lifing. So yeah, we're taking we a break, break for a couple of weeks. Um, We'll be back on the 8th of May. That's when our next episode will be. Um, in the meantime, you can always re-listen to our episodes because they are timeless, you know? Yes. Um, and if you haven't caught up with one, then you can always catch up with them. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back on the 8th of May and that episode will be... So, on Twitter, there was this thread about, like, kids being able... Like, just being creepy and weird about, like, dead things. And yeah. I don't know exactly what the... the but it was just weird, like it was like example. the eeriest thing your kid has ever said yes, to you. That's what it was. And some of these kids are fucking like you people need to pray. Fair. Honestly, this, everyone in that thread, I said you people need to pray. If you pray, then it will help you very much because <laughs> I never said any of these things to my parents. I never had this feeling that like I was living a second life or this or that or the third. The yeah. only thing I do have that's a bit weird is that like I have like a phantom limb. But my mum oh, says to me that me I before. did, yeah. But my mum says to me I didn't have 
this thing like if you look at my fingers mm-hmm. like my hand it doesn't look like there was an extra finger but yeah. i feel it sometimes so Where maybe here on the end oh, okay yeah so By maybe in my past life i had, had a six, six extra fingers. Yeah, but I don't yeah. feel like I'm reincarnated. Like, God, I don't want to come back again. This life has been more than enough. After this time, yeah. I want to be done. I don't want to come back. Do you know one time, I don't know if it was a podcast or a documentary I was watching, but basically it's about these three girls who went to like summer camp and they got killed at the summer camp. So one of the girls, her, um, she had a little sister at home. And so before they had even talked, been told that they had been killed the little sister was like oh i don't remember the girl's name let's say it was chloe she was like oh chloe's chloe's dead and her mum was like what are you talking about like the fuck and then they found out that she had been killed is is this a one where like the mum then goes on to have two other kids and it's like them reincarnated uh i don't know because i I didn't listen to a podcast like oh um i listened to podcasts like that where um the mum had twins and then they died Mm. and then she had twins again and it was basically them reincarnated. Like, they literally lived the exact same life. Um, pretty much looked the same as the other twins that died. One even had the same birthmark that one of the twins had. Um, Did she name them the same thing? No. Okay. Because obviously at the time when they were born, she didn't know that they would be... Oh, of course, of course. Of but course. Like, they Wait, would so how old were the twins when they died then? Uh, maybe, I think, five or six or something. Oh, like right, okay. And okay. she would... Th- these twins would tell her things that the other twins had lived. I don't know if I believe in stuff like this, but it's just crazy. The, the yeah. death is really crazy. Like. Yeah. I mean, and we say all that to say that's what the next documentary is about. So it's, uh, there's this um, series on Netflix called Surviving Death and they have different episodes. I've watched a couple of them actually. This is the last one, I think. I haven't gotten to it, but it's called Reincarnation. So based off that thread, we were like, okay, cool. We're going to watch this documentary and just see... I'm going to watch it in the daytime with the windows, the blinds open and everything. Uh, and I'm going to watch The Office right after. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try and see if I can fashion some kind of trailer for this. Again, that episode will be out on the 8th of May. That gives you plenty of time to watch it on Netflix uh, and like give us your opinions on it and stuff. But um, yeah, in the meantime, between time, you can find us on socials, two girls, one doc. Yeah. Uh, you can email us, two girls, one doc at gmail.com, your requests, your reviews, whatever. If you are listening on Spotify, you can also um, give us a five star rating on there. Like, literally, you could do it right now while you're listening to this. Just scroll to the top and press five stars. Um, and then it just makes it more accessible so other people can find and enjoy us just the way that you do. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to you add, know- mi amor? No, I was just gonna say you know where to find me, so there's no point. Okay then. Alright then, I guess that's it then. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Happy Easter. At the moment of death, are we actually just dead? Or is something else going on? Whatever this consciousness is that we have in this life, it was also there in another life before. It's not do we believe in ghosts, but the fact that we continue to report them and see them. There are things that science can't test, but it doesn't mean they don't happen. How good would it be to know there is life after death?